Financial Things Studios. It's the Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Thing Investing Essentials Podcast. My name is Lawrence Samuels, your ever-lovable host as always here. And we have something a little bit different for you this week. Um, This is in the crowdfunding sector. As you know, we usually talk about peer-to-peer lending especially UK focused, but today we have David Willis with us, who is the director, writer, and if anything else, he'll tell you what it is, because I don't understand much about the uh, film business and movie business, but David is involved in a project called That Christmas Movie, which is being crowdfunded in the USA, so I wanted to get David on the podcast and have a little chat about uh, movie business and and how things are going with the crowdfunding. So, how are you doing today, David? I'm swell. It's uh, in, it's the morning here in Los Angeles, California. We're particularly in Los Angeles. You don't have to give me the street name; just you know the vicinity. <laughs> I'm uh, Studio City. It's in the Valley. It's in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. It's called Studio City because there's a couple of movie studios around here. Imagine that. So you probably live next door to Brad Pitt, then? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's always coming over to borrow stuff. <laughs> borrow I'm like Brad, a cup come of, on, Brad. Uh, cup of alcohol. <laughs> you just, yeah. I, I heard you can't keep the guy away. He's just always uh, <laughs> bugging his neighbors for for things. But so, David, you, I know one of your associates contacted me recently about what you were doing with the movie and the crowdfunding. I, I found it very interesting because it's not something that I have any experience with. So, tell me a little bit first about you. Um, what what is your experience within the movie business? How long have you been doing it for? And Well, I come from television. I wrote for some TV shows, Sybil, Caroline in the City, and worked on a bunch of other shows. And I decided that I wanted to make independent film because I love independent film. And the major studios have gotten out of the business of making smaller movies. It's just not their business model. They, um, you know, they'll spend 150 million bucks to make a movie, they'll spend another 100 million to uh, promote it, and they'll get 500, a billion dollars at the box office. And, you know, that's a, that's a great business model. We should all do that, right? Mm-hmm. But the North American box office last year, uh, I, think it was, I think it was around $11 billion in North America, and about a third of that was independent movies. So independent movies still make billions at the box office because they're not making the smaller comedies, the interesting dramas. In fact, by far the majority of Oscars are won by independent films because they're making the movies the Hollywood studios won't make. So there's a vacuum in the marketplace and we're filling it up uh, artistically and financially. Uh, Actors want to do something besides put on a superhero costume. You know, they like to do different, interesting roles. So there's a, there's a hunger for it. There's a thirst for it for people in the business and the audiences want to see it too. And that's why we got into it. My, uh, my exec producer, uh, he's got 14 Emmy nominations and he won four Emmys. He, he, he doesn't like to talk about it cause he's classy, but I'm not. So I'll brag <laughs> for him. But Jay Kogan won for, for that, for the Simpsons, and Frasier, and uh, that's the sensibilities you're getting with this movie project. E- e- even though, and he's running a show, and he's a showrunner on a, a hit Nickelodeon show called School of Rock, which is based on the film. And that's a hit show, and he's crazy busy doing that. But even so, he still wants to make a movie. You know, there's there's just a, there's a thirst, there's a hunger in this business to make some movies that are, and there aren't enough Christmas movies, so that's why we uh, that's why we're doing this. 
So how costly, David, is it actually to make the type of independent film that you're making? Well, <clears throat> independent films can run from, you know, <laughs> you could spend 10, 20 grand <laughs> and make something really cheap, or you could spend, uh, you know, millions, $5 million, $10 million to make it. Um, movie production, those factors are determined by a couple of things. Um, it, I purposely set out to write a movie that could be done on a low budget and not suffer for that. Mm -hmm. So there are no explosions. There's no digital effects where you have an army full of nerds with computers creating things. You know, there's none of that because all that takes costs a lot of money and takes a lot of time. So this movie, it's called I'll Be Next Door for Christmas. And it's about this family that's crazy for Christmas. They go over the top for Christmas. But the 16-year-old daughter hates it. It's ruined her life. And she's got her first boyfriend ever coming to visit her from out of town. And he's coming at Christmas. Hmm. So she does not want to subject him to her family's Christmas insanity. So she hires two actors to pretend to be her parents and stages a fake Christmas dinner for the boyfriend at the empty house next door. What could go wrong? Absolutely I, nothing, of it, course. Yes, you see it clearly. So um, so I wrote it that way. So it's, it's, it's a character-driven, it's comedic, it's fun, it's witty. But it also, for practical reasons, it takes place at two houses right next door to each other. So in movie production, what this means is we can set up the company. We can set up the, the crew and everything. We can plop down and stay in one place for four weeks while we're shooting. Because every time you move, you have to break everything down, mm. then drive, put it in the trucks, then drive, then set it up again. And that takes time, that takes money. So I wrote it so that it can be in one place. So that reduces cost significantly. And another trick is I have um, usually only two people in each scene. There are some scenes with a lot of people in them, but there's a lot of scenes with only two people because when you're making a movie, you need to get what they call coverage. You need shots of everybody in the scene when something important is going on. So it takes time to get shots of everybody. So if you only have two people in the scene, it takes uh, it's twice as fast to shoot that than if there were four people in the scene. So we've done things really specifically to make it so we can shoot at low budget without sacrificing quality. If we had a bunch of explosions that we had to shoot and we didn't have that kind of money, it's going to look cheesy. And as a viewer, that's not very satisfying. We've all seen some like low budget stuff or people putting something on YouTube and they're trying to make it look like a big movie and, it, yeah. and it's just not working. And unless these are like, you know, nine year old kids doing it, it's not cute. You know, you don't, you don't want to pay good money. For oh no. So I was, I was, so we're not going to see Jennifer Tilly explode. Uh, no, oh, no, no. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly is the first star we have attached to the movie, and we're we're, we're thrilled because she's so funny. She's a writer's dream. She always makes the jokes work. Although, and, and I'm not kidding, when, we, when we're shooting this, we can, we can't play poker with her in between takes. Oh, because I wouldn't recommend it either. You know about her poker? I do. Career? I do know. I've actually played with her before. Really? Yes. That's the only <laughs> connection we have. But yes, <laughs> isn't she great? She's absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> Yeah, we uh, we played poker with her, and uh, she just took all our money. I mean, it was low stakes, so we were okay. But <laughs> she's really good. She's a shock, a shockette. Yes, yes. 
you said you were going to have these two houses next door to each other. I was curious about that. Are those people's houses that they live in and let you rent them? Uh, you rent them for like three or four weeks. Uh, here in Los Angeles, because there are so many movies and things made, um, people will register their houses at a what's called a location service company and uh, producers will look at these houses and they'll say, <clears throat> okay, we want to rent your house for uh, a day or for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And the people go out, they go to a hotel, they stay with friends and uh, they make money from, from renting their house out. So yeah, we're going to go way out in the suburbs and uh, because it's a low budget movie, we're not going to be renting in, you know, a high end neighborhood uh, we'll go way out in the suburbs and for somebody who'd be happy to get you know some money uh for the uh you know for that and we'll, we'll run the next door to each other but that's another example of how we're uh making the movie in a cost-effective way um we have a motto we actually made that we, we have an official motto <laughs> which is which is called put it up on the screen put it on the screen and that's a saying in this business um if there's money in the budget for something it's either going to show on the screen or it won't. Like if you, uh, you know, spend a lot of money to get a famous actor, that's going to be on the screen. If you're spending money on costumes, going to be on the screen. If you spend money for a location, you'll see that. If you hire, you know, more people to work in the production design department, then you're, it's going to look better. But if uh, when you do a movie, you uh, rent offices for like three months. If we rent offices, swanky offices in Beverly Hills, uh, that's money that's not going to be on the screen. Okay. So we're renting cheap offices in North Hollywood that will be just fine. And the, and the money we save goes on the screen. David, how long ago did you start putting this movie into um, the process of organizing it? We wrote this movie about a year and a half ago. And first I went around and talked to uh, rich people, high net worth individuals to invest in the film. And uh, that it's painstaking and it's slow and it's a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And sometimes, you know, they don't understand the business. And so it takes a lot of, because, you know, it's not their business. So uh, they made their money some other way. And so it takes time to explain it to them. And, I was, it ended up, I'm having this, having a, met with this one fellow, very high net worth individual. Uh, and we were sitting in these wing back chairs next to his private lake. Okay. Smoking jackets or not? <laughs> no smoking no, jacket. No, no, no. Uh, and, and, you know, I just realized this is surreal, you know, and, uh, equity crowdfunding had just become legal in, uh, in America, you see, in England, you're ahead of us as usual with healthcare, with everything. You guys are so far ahead of it, uh, and so you've been doing this for a, a while. You've had a couple of movies, uh, at least like three movies have, have been funded successfully, and uh, but it's just becoming legal here. And so, last uh, November, I started researching it thoroughly, and it took me like three months to do the research, to put it all together, and uh, to come up with the, uh, the campaign. And then it's the, the campaign itself runs for three months once it launched. It launched in uh, launched in April, so it took a while. But um, the SEC, which is uh, in our country the Securities and Exchange Commission, which are the people who regulate the uh, financial market, they have rules about what we can say about the investment. Mm -hmm. 
and we can't discuss particulars with with uh, somebody like you. Um, if if people want to see the details of the investment, they have to go to the web page. The SEC has determined that everyone has to have access to the exact same information on the web page. So uh, I can't give details, but what I can say is that I spent you know a year talking to rich people and raised some money, but in 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 like six weeks with this crowdfunding campaign, I raised uh, 180% of what I got from talking to those rich guys for a year. So it's much easier to explain your idea to the crowd Mm -hmm. because then a certain amount of people will get it. They'll go, oh, it's a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. And these guys have all these Emmys and they have an Oscar. They must know what they're doing. And so instead of sitting in wingback chairs, explaining to somebody who made his money some other way, I can show it to people who get it, who will go, oh, I want to see that movie. I'm very surprised that actually more movies have not been crowdfunded because it, it just makes so much sense. And one of the other things, it's, it's quite exciting. You know, it's a, a exciting thing to be a part of. I think every person has always had that dream of being involved in the movie business somehow. Crowdfunding allows them to do that, just as how in England we get to crowdfund airplane purchases and uh, exotic cars that most of us will probably never own, but we have a little piece of it virtually. And so, you know, I hope that's something that will continue to, to expand on the movie business. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man, because uh, I've contributed to a bunch of Kickstarter campaigns, Indiegogo campaigns. If I look at somebody's campaign and they make me smile or laugh in the first 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, you, I'm putting money in. If you can make me laugh, you, you if you can make people laugh, you've made the world a little better place. So, <laughs> And by the way, we have investors from England. Uh, you uh, you can any, anyone in the world can invest in these uh, movies. We got uh, England, we got uh, Germany, investors from Canada, uh, from Australia. Did you know they had the internet down there, Lawrence, in Australia? I, I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, electricity, the internet. Apparently, they do more than just ride kangaroos and boomerang each other. <laughs> and and quite a few Australians speak uh, English in addition to Australian. I didn't know that. They they absolutely do. They're very smart people down there. In case you didn't <laughs> yeah. know. Oh, they make really great movies. Muriel's Wedding. Did you ever see Muriel's Wedding? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Australian movies. Oh, they're so good. They're so witty. Yeah, the the only thing they have to answer for is Mel Gibson, the side of that. (laughs) You know, they should take him back for sure. Sorry, sorry. uh, The dog is barking. I thought your dog was laughing at my joke. Uh, uh, Yes, Lawrence. That's what the dog was doing. The dog has very good taste. Why did you write this movie to begin with? Is this something you're passionate? Are you passionate about Christmas or is this some idea you had that you enjoy writing about and you just decided to do it? Why did you decide to make an independent film like this? There are, uh, there are two uh, reasons behind why I wrote it. One is uh, artistic reasons. If you're going to write something and direct it, you have to have, um, you have to have some kind of uh, sympathy with it. You have to have some kind of, uh, you have to believe in it or it's, it's going to be terrible. Uh, you can't, it's hard to write. It's hard to direct. Uh, if you don't believe in it, no one else will. Mm-hmm. So for artistic reasons, I, I really love Christmas movies. Um, and they're a metaphor for family. 
in, in every, Christ, every Christmas movie, every good one has certain things in common. Number one, Christmas has to be in jeopardy. You know, and uh, and then number two, there has to be a family involved. There has to be some crisis with the family. I mean, like uh, Elf, the movie Elf. Uh, Christmas is literally in jeopardy because Santa's sleigh, you know, is dropping because people don't believe enough. Yeah. Okay. And then the family, uh, 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 Will Ferrell's father, doesn't literally think he's his own, his son. Doesn't believe in Christmas. You know. So by the end of that movie, Christmas is saved and the family is saved. Every Christmas movie. Uh, has that, you know, a Christmas story, uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation, they all have those. So it's a metaphor for family. And and, uh, I I really love that because if a a Christmas movie is funny uh, and and not sappy, then at the end, when they get sentimental, I can wallow in the sentimentality because they saved it up to the end, you know, and they earned it by making me laugh. So, so for artistic reasons, that's why I like uh, Christmas movies. And for business reasons, this is our first independent film that we're financing this way. So for business reasons, um, Christmas movies are, if you'll forgive the uh, pun, they're evergreen. Uh, Christmas movies uh, continue to produce income year after year, decade after decade. When you ask people, hey, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, they might say Elf, which is, you know, what, uh, 10, 11 years old, I think. Or they'll say uh, A Christmas Story, which uh, came out 34 years ago. Mm-hmm. But every year they sell tons of DVDs. It's on cable. You, you you buy it as a gift for friends. It still makes money. And sometimes they'll say It's a Wonderful Life, which was made over 70 years ago mm-hmm. so christmas movies continue to produce income year after year after year if they're any good and if you watch cable i don't know if it's the same thing in england but here in america uh around the holidays there are tons of christmas movies on and people just binge watch these uh, christmas movies. you curl up with your family and and you watch these christmas movies so for business reasons uh i, I mean <laughs> Let me put it this way, this, and I'm sorry to bring crude terms into your classy investment show, Lawrence, because you know I've, I've, I looked at your website and you you know you really you really know your stuff. You're really talking about the returns and all this stuff, and it's 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 fascinating. Uh, but so, but the way I put it, as far as Christmas movie investment is, because there's so much demand for them and they're playing on TV so much, you'd have to make a pretty crappy Christmas movie to lose money on it. Hmm. That's how I pitched it to some people. <laughs> now, of course, it's always possible that, you know, uh, it's an artistic endeavor. You could always, the movie could could flop. Right. You know, that that's always a possibility. Uh, it's show business. Y- y- you never know. As long as you don't have Madonna in it, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> now, that seems to be the only movies now, that flop are the ones with uh, Madonna. She's my other neighbor. Oh, hopefully she's going to hear me say that. <laughs> Actually, she used to live up the street, so I'm not, I'm not even kidding. She used to live up the street, but uh, <laughs> uh, paparazzi were clogging the uh, streets, and, yeah. and she moved. Are you crowdfunding the total cost of the movie, or is this? Are you using any of those private investors' money, or is this going to be completely crowdfunded? Uh, it could be a hybrid. Um, ideally, it will be all crowdfunding. The budget of the film is eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, and um, we'd like to raise the entire amount uh, crowdfunding. Okay. You know, and uh, just because we'll be the first ones to do it in the United States, the first feature-length narrative film to do that in the United States, and we have three other movies planned after this, so we'd like to do it. But we will 
there's interest from other parties and we may end up doing a hybrid where it's part crowdfunded and uh, part from private investors or independent film companies. Uh, and I can't really go into more specifics again because of the, the communication guidelines, but if you go onto the website, you can see, uh, you can, you can read uh, more about uh, how that works, but they're all equal. All investors are equal. I know I had a few questions here that you've uh, told me that you cannot answer because of the SEC's regulations about what you are able to tell people and not tell them. So if anybody wants to read more about the financial aspects and the business aspects, they, they can go to the crowdfunding page. I'll put that in the description. I know I was going to ask you what happens if the total cost isn't raised and you're going to tell me what. <laughs> That I can't answer that question. Yeah, it's very okay. frustrating because if I were investing, I'd like to know the answer to that question. Sure. So uh, some investors have asked it and I've answered it on the web page. Okay. The, the SEC has decided that no one gets special information. Uh, everyone has to get the exact same information and uh, you don't have to register anything. You can just go to the web page and uh, it's an SEC registered uh, okay. web page and you can go in. And read the answer to that we got it covered so again i'll go through these questions you'll tell me what you can answer and what you can't now okay. assuming that the movie is profitable how long do you estimate it will take for the investors to be paid back i can't really discuss the timeline of it essentially in the simplest form if the movie makes money investors make money yep you know it's there's no there's no this company has one purpose and one product mm-hmm that movie, that's it. Okay. There's, there's nothing else. There's no, nothing's going to dilute uh, this company's, uh, uh, you know, uh, interests or anything else. Uh, all the profits from the movie, uh, merchandising, um, you know, selling, you know, selling off novelization to the story, all that stuff. Okay. So, can you say would it be less than thirty years? <laughs> well, <laughs> just to give some kind I, of a timeline. I sure hope so. Okay, uh, let's say to, to be decided. To be we're, decided. We're, <laughs> we, uh, the movie is, oh, the movie, oh, I can tell you this. The movie is scheduled to be released um, uh, this November, November of 2017. Wow, that's fast. When, when are you yes. going to actually start shooting this film? In August. Wow, August, yeah, September. Again, so, okay. again it's, it's designed, we're producing it like a TV show. Mm -hmm. TV shows only have a couple of sets and they shoot quickly, and while we shoot, uh, someone will be editing. So yeah, so we'll have it out, you know, that's the schedule is to have it out this November. So I think they can figure out from that answer when. Mm -hmm. the, it's a relatively fast process, so I was thinking it was longer than that, yes. but I suppose you don't have the same things that the big movie studios have to no. go through with the advertising and distribution. So I understand that. Um, David, do you yeah. think that major movie companies are, are gonna start using crowdfunding to film you know, to fund movies, or do they just have these rich Chinese investors that are willing to put hundreds of millions of dollars in because they know they're going to make money off of Bruce Willis? I don't think the major studios will ever use it because they already have all their production funds in place. You know, they uh, their movie studios are part of huge companies, and they can afford to fund all their films. And there are costs associated with uh, crowdfunding you have to pay a percentage of what you raise to the portal. It's called a portal, these uh, sites where you have mm -hmm. to where you have to run your campaign. They're like Kickstarter, but you know, more tightly regulated 
uh, by the government. And there's only 26 of them in the United States, these portals. And there's only like six that are actually active and running right now. So, you know, they charge anywhere from four to eight percent. So the studios have no reason to spend four to eight percent to raise money from the from the crowd. Um, how risky is actually investing in movies as a whole entity? Do you think that it's a high percentage of movies actually make money or do you think it's a low percentage or actually profitable? Investing in independent film is risky. You don't use the rent money to invest in an independent film, in any film. You just, you just don't do it. If, you, if you're saving money for a kidney operation, uh, don't use that money to invest in any higher risk investments. No. Use that money for kidneys. Yes, some people do it for a lark, you know, because they uh, it's because it's fun. It's fun to follow along. You get uh, you get perks. The first couple of hundred investors in our movie, uh, and we're almost there. We're almost to. We're getting close to two hundred investors uh, are going to get special access and, and live updates from the set and see the stars that other people won't get to see. So there's perks involved. Uh, there's other perks. You can get your name on the screen. Uh, the, uh, you know, there's, 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 it's just, it's fun to be involved. It's, you know, it's kind of, a, it's a fun feeling when the movie comes out to point to it and go, Hey, I made that happen. Mm-hmm. I made that happen. I own a piece of that. Oh, speaking of which, um, Oh, I was going to tell you, we're, we're running a contest to be in the movie, but, um, but our lawyer said we can only have people who live and work in the United States be in it. Should I even mention this? Or you so say, I know. Disappointed. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm I sorry. thought I was going to get like this cameo role where I'd sweep Jennifer Tilly off her feet. You... <laughs> hey, you get in line, buddy. <laughs> A good portion of our readers are actually American, so you can say whatever oh, really? you want. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I can, I can see why. Um, uh, yes, we're running a contest. Um, uh, actually, I see. This is another legal thing I learned. It's not a contest. Uh, it's, it's actually called a sweepstakes because there's no skill required to win. Uh, it's random. Okay. Uh, you can, you can just enter, uh, enter a bunch of times. The more times you enter, the more chances you have. And we're going to draw. Well, we aren't. The computers randomly going to pick uh, eleven people uh, to be in our movie. Wow. And yeah, uh, 10 of those will have walk-on roles and one of them will have a sp- speaking part, you know, with the, with the stars of the movie. They'll get a dressing room, they'll get the whole star treatment and everything. And uh, uh, you, I hope you're going to give a link to our, uh, of course. our campaign. Okay. Yes. Um, and the, 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 the link for actually the contest is uh, thatchristmasmovie.com. Uh, yeah, that, and go there and then there's a link there to go to the contest and you just enter there. And uh, we're going to put people in the movie, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. that's exciting. So, so you heard it here first. People that are living in the land of America, if you want to have an opportunity to have a walk on role in the I'll be next door for Christmas movie, just visit the link and you could maybe that could be your new career. And maybe you could have a career in the movie business. Who knows after this endless possibilities, right? Hey, it's show business. Things like that happen. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. That's pretty exciting. So I hope everybody out there will go and uh, register for that. So personally speaking about investing for you, David, have you ever crowdfunded anything as far as for an investment purpose goes rather than, you know, Kickstarter, I don't really consider crowdfunding. That's more 
kind of donating money to people's causes. But have you ever invested in the crowdfunding space yourself? Uh, No, I haven't. Mm -hmm. I I have not. Um, I'm pretty pretty conservative with my money. And uh, so it's... uh, I haven't done that yet. I tend to invest in myself. I, that sounds egotistical, but mm-hmm. I tend to do things, invest in things to uh, to further my projects and further my career with those projects. You know, because it takes money to develop a project, to develop scripts, to uh, to fly around, to go to meetings, to do all that stuff. And that's what I invest in for that's now. Very smart. I was very smart. I was. Oh, thank you. I was looking at your website and I saw all those peer-to-peer lending things, and that looks really. Uh, they actually do that in the U.S. too, and that. That looks very interesting. Yeah. So. Well, may- maybe it's something you'll look into in the future, even just to um, expand your knowledge on crowdfunding and ha- how it works. It, re- it really is when you're an investor, you get to see the other side of things. So it's very interesting for you to be on the uh, borrowing side, or I guess technically borrowing, not borrowing. You're on the, I don't even know what they would call you because you're not borrowing money. You're a crowdfundee. Would that be right? <laughs> Are you crowd? Because we're crowdfunders. You'd be a crowdfundee. Would that be correct? Uh, I I don't know. Because <laughs> we usually call you borrower. We would normally call the borrower, but you're not borrowing money. So anyway, so let's move along. You don't. You've never invested in crowdfunding. Um, you said you invest in yourself, which I found a lot of these business people to their own companies, also the peer-to-peer lending companies. They tend not to invest in other things aside of their own companies. Do you do any other type of investing aside of in your in yourself and in your own business? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, if, if for some reason, uh, about ten years ago or so, I decided I wanted to t- try day trading. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? To like work Ooh. a different part of my mind. Oh, you're making a face. Look at that face you're making. <laughs> Ow. And um, so I got, you know, computers and the programs and it was very interesting to work on that. And to it's very different than my world. Uh, I mean, show business, show business has kind of a sheen to it and it seems a little bit mysterious and far away and hard to get into and all that stuff. But it's it's just our business is, is just like the corner hot dog stand, except our mustard is creativity. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. But I wanted to just kind of work a different part of my brain. So uh, for a few months, I did some day trading. And I was successful at it, but you had to get, I had to get up at six in the morning to be awake when the markets opened. Mm -hmm. And it was also, um, it was kind of fun, but then I saw how a couple of mistakes and a couple of things could make it not fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, because it it moves very quickly and uh, you can lose a lot. And I, just did a lot of reading and research on that whole world, and I realized, wow, this this is a rabbit hole. I really don't want to continue going down. So I, I played around for a couple of months and got out, and I, I learned enough to know that I never want to do that. <laughs> so, and I totally understand why you made that face, Lawrence. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not. Uh, I was doing it like a like a like a, a, a like a game, you know. Mm. But as a serious like form of uh, reasonable investing, ugh, it's not. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. It really is that if we could remove the emotional aspect out of trading, everybody could do it. But the problem is the emotions become involved and all it takes is that one day when you're trading, when that stock market decides to correct 20 to 30 percent 
and yeah. the emotions start worrying and you start selling and buying at the wrong time and it's a very very difficult business i think most people tend to lose money trading stocks yeah. and even just because of the fees are so expensive so i think you made yeah. the right move getting out of that well, thank you <laughs> so let's say let's say there's a person out there that has a pockets full of money right they don't want to do crowdfunding but they want to start investing in movies how does somebody start doing something like that well um i mean a way to sort of, I mean, technically invest in movies you can do things like buy Disney stock by ABC, you know, Disney stock and, or any parent company of uh, Paramount, or CBS companies that you could buy that stock. And that's part of what they do. Um, our, our company, it's just, when you invest in our company, it's one, it's one movie, that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you buy general stock like uh, ABC and things like that, you're investing in all their movies. Um, <clears throat> so that's one way. And, and the other way is, I mean, there are a ton of independent films who uh, look for investors, but you have to be high net worth individuals to uh, to invest in those other independent films. So mm -hmm. if you're high net worth individuals, I mean, you're you're on mailing lists and you're on calling lists, and people will call you, and someday they will be movies, um, and you can just get in touch. Oh, oh, you know what? Here's here's a way. Um, if there's an independent film that you like, um, go on go on IMDb, find the name of the company that produced it, and then go to that company's website. And if you like the kind of movies they make, if you like the people who did Little Miss Sunshine or mm -hmm. companies like that, um, you can contact them directly because they frequently have uh, individual investors who put in. So that's one way to dial in that particular, again, you'd have to be a high net worth individual, but you could, invest in a company whose style you like, whose movies you like. It, 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 some of them take investments that way. Are there are there things like brokers who go out and find investors for people? I mean, it, it seems to me like if you're not in the know in that business, it would be a little bit difficult to, to enter that sector. Do they have things like brokers who go out and find investors for these movie companies or not that you know of? Uh, not, not that I know of. It, it, it was the rage in the '90s to have something called film funds, where they would uh, put together, you know, tens of millions of dollars to make three or four or five independent films. But I don't know. You could search online for film funds. I don't know if anyone is doing those anymore. But anytime you know, you say the word broker. Anytime you get you start you start deducting fees from investors, then you're going to be uh, that's less money that's going to make the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we know. we hate and, fees. And uh, yeah, absolutely to the, the test them. Yeah, and as you know, my motto is put it up on the screen. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, so if anybody out there wants to invest in movies, then all you need to do is email the companies that are making the movies, maybe the production companies, and uh, if you have that that type of net worth, that could be a way in for you. Yeah, and and do it for you know because you you want the satisfaction of being associated with those. With those movies, uh, you can invest in. Oh, there's always, oh gosh, all the, there's all these low-budget horror films that are always looking for some money, uh, and they make these horror films for like twenty, thirty, a hundred thousand dollars, very cheap. Wow. Uh, but uh, there's always demand for horror films. There's constant demand, but there's not high demand. So there's a lot of low-budget horror films that are turning a little profit. Mm -hmm. 
okay, as opposed to like a Christmas movie uh, and things have broader appeal, uh, comedies have broader appeal so they can make more money and, and they have more bigger share of the marketplace. So the, the horror films are kind of a lower hanging fruit. So, you know, if you like that sort of thing, <laughs> I'm sure you could search online for horror movie investments and you could. Yeah, zomb zombie movies are the big thing at the moment, I hear. Yeah, yeah. I, um, well, you know, zombies are evil. We're Christmas. We're good. <laughs> so. Absolutely. So tell the listeners of the podcast here why they would want to consider crowdfunding your I'll Be Next Door for Christmas movie. There are not enough funny Christmas movies, not enough fun family Christmas movies out there. And if you feel that way, too, if you'd like to see those, then that's a reason to help get this made. You'll be part of a team that has an Oscar and four Emmys and we'll have a great cast and you'll be part of that. So that's the, uh, you know, kind of satisfaction reason to do it. There's an enormous satisfaction in doing it. That's something that would make you feel good. That's a reason to invest mm -hmm. in, in something like this. And if the movie makes money, you make money. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's something you use risk capital for because there are no guarantees. You know, it's the movie business. I mean, there's no guarantees in any business, but in the movie business, it's an artistic endeavor. And, uh, you know, the movie could flop. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're certainly not pitching failure and we have a great script. We have a great team. But, you know, it's something you uh, you use risk capital for. Tell me, David, so after the movie is made, what's the process after the finished product you have in your hands? What do you do with it after that? Well, we're selling off the uh, foreign rights to uh, foreign distributors and they'll be taken out all over the world and in north america we are self-distributing we're going to uh, video on demand when you're scrolling so like in, in the holiday season when you're scrolling through your uh, uh tv looking for a movie to rent and and our title pops up i'll be next door for christmas what's that oh look who's in it oh this sounds funny mm -hmm. and then click and we're going straight to the viewers okay we're bypassing the distributors we're going straight to the people who want to see this? The people who are on the couch snuggling up, hanging out with a the fam, and want to watch something through uh, iTunes, Hulu, all those channels, and uh, cable. And we're going straight out with that with a marketing budget so that people know about us. And that's how we're going to distribute the film. So you don't have to deal with the, the big film theaters and all that nonsense. It's very expensive, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're uh, distributing in select theaters. It's gonna at the same time it will appear in some select theaters, some uh, major cities uh, in the U.S. And, and perhaps in England as as well. It depends on what the foreign distributor does. But we're not going out wide. It's not that as you say, it's a hassle and it's really expensive mm -hmm. to do that. Do you think that the people in England will be able to understand the language of the film? Just, <laughs> just kidding. That was a, that was a silly question. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys know about the English accent effect when you're in, a, in to Americans? Do you guys know about that? No, what is that? I, I don't know if you Explain. Guys, well, <laughs> your accent to us always, uh, you guys always just seem smarter than we are. Anything said <laughs> with a British accent. Of course, it's, of course yeah, we're very smart yeah, people. And, it, it, it's uh, you guys, it's just an effect that, that, uh, that your accent has on uh, americans and you know unless you know it's cockney 
uh, maybe with them when they're when they're being comedic. Wait, well, see on TV shows. I don't even know if it's Cockney, but sometimes the comedic, like when Monty Python is talking yeah. a certain way, yeah. it becomes comedic to us. But normally, you guys, uh, you know, you have it. You, the British, you're, you're so calm. You know, it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's like I can imagine like. Uh, uh, it, the, the the joke I tell, I used to do stand-up comedy, and, and the story I tell is uh, how, how British people are very calm. I was on a British Airways flight going from New York to London. Halfway through the flight, the wing starts smoking. Smoke's coming out of the wing. People are freaking out, but the pilot got on the intercom, and he calmed us all down because of his British accent. He was like, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your pilot speaking. You might have noticed that the right wing of the aircraft is currently on fire. No cause for alarm. The fire will soon be extinguished by the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> you sounded so English then, too. That oh, was thanks. amazing. Thanks. Hopefully. I used to have an English uh, girlfriend, uh, so I kind of picked it up around her. I, I used to be an actor and again, a comedian before I went, became a writer and a, and a director. So uh, That was a good joke. Oh, thank you. That's from my stand-up comedy act. Oh, my favorite joke. Oh, this I didn't write this joke, but this is my favorite English joke. I don't know if this is told frequently in England or not, but it's my favorite English joke. Um, uh, an English Bobby, policeman for you Americans, comes home and discovers his wife in bed with three men. And the Bobby goes, hello, hello, hello. And the wife says, aren't you going to say hello to me? What are you talking about, Willis? Wow. <laughs> I told you, your your podcast is classy. I had to bring it down to American level. <laughs> is that a common joke in England? I've never heard that one before. Really? No. You know who told me that joke? Um, Tell me. Jane Leaves. You know Jane Leaves? Uh -uh. She played she played Daphne on the TV show Frasier. Yeah. And she uh, she loved <laughs> I worked on that show and she loved to uh, she loved to uh, Tell a mildly naughty joke. She's a very funny woman. Oh, well, that wasn't even that bad, though. I mean, you know. I know. I've got one for you. Are you ready? Yes, please. Okay. Why did the scientist put a door knocker on his front door? Why? Because he wanted to win the Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. I'm, hold on a second. I said, I'm just. Uh, I'm just gonna write that down, oh. okay? I'm just gonna write that one down that and bad? put it in a script. I'm gonna put it in a script. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very funny. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> pretty lowbrow humor. More for me than my listeners, because they're a lot more intelligent than I am. I was gonna ask you, you think if Donald Trump had an English accent, he'd actually be more intelligent? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Let's I, not uh, go there. Yeah, really. It's. Uh, that's another reason I like making Christmas movies and comedies is it's we it's we can get away from the real world, you yeah. know. I think a Christmas movie is a good good movie. It's a family movie. You're not funding something that's full of nonsense or pornographic material or something like that. No. So I mean, you know, I encourage everybody that's listening, go take a look at the crowdfunding page. The movie is called I'll Be Next Door for Christmas. They have a really good team um of experienced people behind it and you know i hope that it does really well for you and how close are you to getting your funding goals to hitting them um again because of the sec rules i can't okay. i can't get really Don't super specific but i but i can say 
that we have reached, uh, we've gone like, we blew past the minimum. We're at like 800% of our minimum mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning. So I, I can say that much. I'm sorry to be so weird about That's the okay. figures, but, but if people just visit, they can, they can see, like immediately, they can see all this information. Okay, great. Is there anything else you want to tell the people about, David, before we wrap up? Thanks for letting me share yeah. uh, our movie. We're very excited to do it. One of the cool things about uh, doing this and reaching out to just everybody and telling them about this movie and seeing online, seeing the reactions, it's uh, it's nice to not work in a vacuum. It's really nice. I imagine that when people email you after they read some of your articles, isn't it nice to to see how they're reacting and see that they get you and that they appreciate it and then they give you information and you know it's just. Mm -hmm. It's just really nice to not work in a vacuum. And this, on Facebook, um, we had an investor um, uh, who who liked our Facebook page, and she she put a little note saying, you know, can't wait to see this movie. And she was this cute little grandma from Missouri, and and we just we just smiled so big when we saw that because it was like, oh, you know, it's like. Yeah, it's 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 really wonderful thing because we're not working in a vacuum. We're we're connecting to people, which is you know what this business is is about. The website that you need to go to to take a look at this project is called the uh, actually called startengine.com. I'll put the link in the description below. Go check it out if you feel inclined to do it. Throw some money at this crowdfunding project. It's good for the business. It's good for the sector and. Uh, Let's hope everybody makes a lot of money and your movie is super successful. And some maybe Thanks. one of our readers will will get that uh, cameo walk on appearance and they can wear a little. Do you get do they get to wear their own t-shirt or do you have to wardrobe them? <laughs> no, we'll we'll have wardrobe for them. Yeah. Okay. So they won't be able to wear the financial thing logo to the big website address <laughs> on there. Then damn it. Oh, but, you know, maybe, maybe I'll check with the production designer. Hey, you never sounds know. good to me. Sounds good to me. Okay, again, thanks for your time, David, and uh, best of luck with everything. We'll all be following along and hope to see the movie in November. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's great talking to you. You've been listening to the Financial Thing Peer-to-Peer -peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Don't forget to visit FinancialThing.com for all the latest peer-to-peer -peer lending reviews and DIY investing articles.